1: New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I you survive. You make quick, smart decisions. And you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool.
0: Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody, alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State suffers a heartbreaking loss to the hands of the Texas Longhorns in Austin, and now maybe they get a little bit of a get-right game. The Baylor Bears come to Manhattan to take on the Wildcats. We'll talk about both of those games and so much more on the show, but first we want to let you know we're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. The ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Harlem Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Monty, that game in Austin was crazy. Uh, our, our own Zach Carlson and I were on hand at the game. You and I were texting throughout. Um, a lot of emotions that happened in that game. It went from maybe K-State was never going to be in the game to K-State was back in it. They were going to win they were going to lose to so it goes to overtime. Just, just an insane college football game.
1: Yeah, it, it was crazy. And I'll, I'll say it's a good thing I watched the game by myself because <laughs> if anybody was with me, they probably would have had me um, put up for a mental evaluation because <laughs> I was going crazy. It was a great game. I'm proud of the Cats. Um, I'm not happy the way the game ended up, but kudos to Texas. They found a way to win, but the guys never quit. I guarantee anybody who was not a true K-State fan probably would have gave up mm-hmm. at halftime, but... The crazy and me never gave up, and I felt like you know what, if this happens and if this happens, we got a chance. And sure enough, there we were.
0: It all happened. <laughs> Anything that you could think of happened in yep. this game. There was a, there was a botch snap. There mm-hmm. was a, there was a, a pass thrown to an offensive lineman that was intercepted by Case. Everything happened in this game. Um, we're going to talk about that, and, and I want to start with this. K State falls behind seventeen nothing in the game. Now there's chances in the first half for K State to get to stay in that game, maybe get some momentum, but they never really could do anything on offense. And I feel like whenever K State struggles, it's because they kind of sputter out of the gate. Yeah. I'm sensing a trend there, and obviously you you know the staff is going to try and get that corrected. But I mean, what did
1: what did you see? Why the slow start? Yeah, I think on both sides of the ball, it kind of left me dumbfounded. I'm not questioning the coaching staff, but it didn't have a purpose per mm-hmm. se I, I didn't know what we wanted to do what the identity was going to be for this game because i felt like at times we want to run the ball at times we want to try to pass the ball um when Avery came in i was surprised to see that they didn't give him a chance to run he handed the ball off i want to say three times mm-hmm. we went three and out so i wasn't sure what the plan obviously you know k-state has a better uh, opportunity to scout texas and see personnel uh, a lot closer than we do but i was kind of dumbfounded Mm -hmm. on what we were trying to do. And like you said, we were stagnant. We stalled out, and the momentum definitely was on Texas' side.
0: And I actually thought the defense played really well in this game. If you look at the numbers, they're definitely skewed more towards Texas. Um, But I think the game plan coming in was, hey, they're going to make – Malik Bur- Malik Murphy beat them. Mm-hmm. That was their goal because they saw some things on tape. Malik Murphy, we talked about it before before the game on the show, that he was going to give K-State chances to get back in this game. Yep. And even when K-State was down by three scores in the third quarter, I-, I had this feeling that, and I'm sure you did as well, that Murphy was going to make some mistakes, and-, and he ended up doing that. But in the first quarter... Malik Murphy looked like the best quarterback in the country.
1: He did, and, and I'm, I'm going to give some credit, but I'm going to be realistic about it as well. He uh, Texas caught K-State at the right time. Malik had opportunities when K-State were in man mm-hmm. uh, coverage, and he had a speedster with a little bit more height, and, and Parrish, who was a shorter corner, mm-hmm. who was a good corner, but he was a shorter corner, and Texas called the right play at the right time where K-State put pressure on and allowed the, knew the safety was going to be high on the opposite side or the middle of the field. And I took advantage of it, and I did it early twice to give them uh, a couple of points, uh, touchdowns to get a p- couple of points ahead, excuse me. But like we, you and I spoke before, the Malik Murphy that we thought would be, mm-hmm. that guy showed up in the second half. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for K-State, it took until the second half for him to show up, but we, we had opportunity to get back into the game.
0: I'd be curious if Malik Murphy plays this week and struggles if they don't think about going to another quarterback. Yeah, um, he it was it was bad in the second half. Yeah, I agree. It was I agree. He, he was rough, and you know I, I went back and watched the touchdown pass to Mitchell, and if you go back and you look at that play at the split second, it looked like it looks like Jacob Parrish is communicating something mm-hmm. with the corner who was in the slot. And as the ball snapped, he's just a tad late. Yeah. And you go back and watch that play. Watching it live, it looked like he was burnt a lot more than he was. Yeah. He just kind of fell off balance. He had mm-hmm. actually caught back up to Mitchell. Yeah. And Murphy just dropped a dime. He it did. was a great throw. It was his best throw of the, day, of, the, of the day for sure. K-State felt like on defense, they wanted to take away the run game. They wanted to take away Jonathan Brooks. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like throughout the game, Joe Clairman kind of adjusted that. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the fourth and one play. Mm-hmm. Texas comes out. And looks like they're going to quarterback sneak. And the offensive line goes down like they're going to block for a quarterback sneak. Everybody falls for it. They pitch outside. K-State misses a tackle. Texas runs for six. I feel like at that moment, K-State's defense said, all right, you know what? Regardless of the score, we're going to change how we do things. And we're not going to be the reason that we lose.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's funny you say that because any other team, and not, not any other team, but a lot of teams at that point, when you have a long play, you battle first down, second down, third down, you get a, a good team in fourth and one, and you could potentially change the, the momentum of the game, and then they break it for a touchdown, mm-hmm. most teams will put their head in the ground, and it's basically surrender, and the game's over. But K-State was like, you know what? Yeah, Texas got a good play on us, but that's not who we are. And like you said, there was a missed tackle, not because it was bad technique. The guy slipped, the uh, running back had an alley, and it's one of those things where they got lucky, they took advantage of it, we weren't, and, and it is what it is. But the point that all 11 guys on the defense that came back on the field didn't hold their head and they still believe that, hey, we got a chance. We know what we can do, and we're going to show what we can do, and they did.
0: The fact that K-State was down 17-7 to at halftime, only down 10 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you would have watched that first half and didn't have a score bug, didn't see the scoring plays, you just watched from, uh, you know, from 20 to 20, you would think that Texas would have been dominating that half. Yeah. But a lot of that has to do with the play of the special teams. And shout out to Shane Porter. Yep. This is a guy who gets overshadowed by his brother a lot, <laughs> but, you know, Shane, made a big play he blocked a mm-hmm. punt Chris Kleiman said on Tuesday they felt like they could have blocked the last punt of the yep. game and if you go back and look they were this they close, were close to actually doing it but Shane Porter blocks the punt it completely switches the momentum Woolhauer then throws a dime to Jace Brown mm-hmm. sets up a little corner route for Phillip Brooks in the end zone and I don't know about you Money, but when they scored that touchdown I said this game is not over
1: no it's not and it's funny you say that you were at the game live and I was at home watching it and, and it's one of those things where as a former player myself a K-State guy And it holds true. The announcers are talking about K-State's culture, the program, and, and they both were saying K-State's one of those guys teams that they won't go away. Mm-hmm. They won't die. And they talked about it. It was the same way during Coach Snyder's era, and it's the same way now with Coach Kleinman. Um They won't go away no matter how far down we get, no matter what goes against us. They won't quit. And you can't count us out. And that held true.
0: Now, I, I do want to say, when K-State got to the second half, mm-hmm. they did fall behind. They were yeah. behind three scores. It was 27-7. And it looked like things were – rough. And part of that, you know, you look at this, you look at the statistics for K-State, the run game just wasn't there. No. And DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward combined 52 yards. That's the lowest output of the season. Give Texas' defensive line credit. I think that had more to do with Texas deciding, we're going to stop the run, mm-hmm. than it really had to do with K-State's offensive line, because there were some holes. But a lot of the times, A, it was just good tackling and just very sound technique. And when you have the athletes on the front seven that Texas has, it's really hard to
1: run the ball. You hit the nail on the head. They have a bunch of big guys, but they're also athletic. Mm And those guys, they are quick off the ball. They engage. They're good with their hands. They get their their eyes up. And whenever – most linemen, when they get in, defense lineman, when they get engaged by old linemen, they are able to get pushed out the line, out, out of the hole. Texas guys were crossing face, closing gaps. Because even when it looked like our running backs had a crease, those D linemen from Texas were closing the gap so fast, it it was impressive. They got three or four uh, future NFL guys on that line, so they have probably one of the best D lines in the nation, if not the best D line in the nation. K
0: State's offensive line figured out the pass protection in the second yep, half. Yep. Will Howard finished the game. 26 of 41 for 327 yards four touchdowns an interception but the interception's not really on him it hit keegan johnson in the hands it and did. fumbled around you don't see interceptions like that happen no. I, I thought this was will howard's best game of the year and after the game um ben Sinnott had some words talking about his quarterback and you know and i i had been asked about that this week i said as someone who has been around teams before mm-hmm. i absolutely love that to stick up for your leader um regardless of the outcome of the game, I think the team walked away knowing, you know what, Will Howard is our guy.
1: Yeah, as much as K-State hated to lose that game, anybody inside the locker room who doesn't have respect for Will and who doesn't believe he can be the leader to finish out the season, and to, we still got a chance, you know, we'll talk about that later, Mm -hmm. but you you have to be crazy or just doesn't like the guy Mm -hmm. to not believe in him as leader. You know, as a fan, it's easy to get frustrated with some of the plays that went on, but you gotta look at the situation He does what he's coached to do. He he runs the plays that are called. So a lot of times you can't blame the quarterback for some of the things that happen. He has to do what's called. He listens to his coach. But understand. He played a great game um, based off of what he could do. And, and it wasn't a great situation the first half. But they battled the second half and gave us a chance several times. We put the game in overtime. Mm-hmm. So that speaks a lot about him as a, as a leader.
0: And I go back to two years ago when K-State played in Austin yep. and Will Howard was filling in for Skylar Thompson at quarterback and he threw the ball for like 70 yards. Yep. I mean, Texas fans must have been watching that game going, who is this guy? Yep. This isn't the same guy <laughs> that played against us. He, I thought he played outstanding. Um, So K-State gets it to overtime. Uh, Through, like we talked about, just a crazy series of events, interceptions, fumbles. They get there. uh, And all of a sudden, it's a brand new ball game. K-State wins a toss. They go on defense first. Texas gets one yard. Let me just say, K-State and Chris Tennant had missed a field goal, a chip shot field goal. Obviously, we know the rest is history. They get the ball back. He drills a 45-yarder. I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is how much confidence I had that Texas's kicker was going to miss that kick. I thought there was no way he was going to make that because going into this game, we talked about the kicking issues yeah. for Texas and how it just there had been some issues from a longer distance. I I was almost convinced that he was going to miss that kick. He makes it. K-State gets the ball back. They said they were going to go score a touchdown. First of all, do you believe that it was basically touchdown or bust for them? And
1: what would Coach
0: Monty Spiller have done on that fourth down?
1: You know, it, it was tough because I think either call would have been the right call. Go for it because you're on the road. Momentum is on our side. You win the game. Hey, we came back and we won it. And that right there sends a message to the rest of the Big 12 and the rest of the nation about the resilience of this team. Or kick the field goal going into another overtime with our defense being dominant, as you mentioned before, Mm -hmm. holding Texas to one yard on the previous drive. So it's basically, I'm a coach, I look at my quarterback, I look at my lineman and say, what do you guys want to do? And I put it in their hands. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust those guys. And I'm going to win or lose with those guys because, yeah, I'm a coach, but they're the ones on the field that's doing it. And if they're successful, great. And if they're not, you know what, they have more respect for me as a coach because I trusted them as players to go out and make that play.
0: I think – it was better for K State to lose that way than on a missed kick right. or what, whatever would have happened. What it could have been yep. Because you got to think about the overtime rules. This is not the same as it used to be. No, it's different. If yeah. and I firmly believe this. If this would have just been run it back overtime, mm-hmm. I actually think K State kicks the field goal. Yeah. But because you have to score a touchdown and then go for two, yeah. Yeah. it completely changes the dynamic. It does. I think it's a lot harder for the defensive team, the team that starts out on defense. To win in the second overtime mm-hmm. than it is in the first overtime, yeah. especially when you're the road team, because the offense who then jogs out on the field in the second overtime, who is the home team, knows exactly yeah. what they have to mm-hmm. do. Now, if you score a touchdown and make a two point conversion, as obviously the offensive team, then it's a you know it's a pretty it's a win win situation. Right. But if you're not able to get that two point conversion, yeah. then there's still that cloud that looms over. There's that doubt that crap. Well, if they score a touchdown, they're only two yards away from winning the game. I actually think the decision was made, um, and it was the right decision that was made when you throw all those factors. If it would have been the regular overtime where you can still kick field goals, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit different. But there's that worry in the back of your mind that if you don't score a touchdown the following drive, I mean, you couldn't score a touchdown on the first drive, so what makes you think you can score a touchdown on the second drive? So I think all of that went into it. I think the decision was made. I want to talk about the play call. Right. Actually, I, I thought it was a great play call. Texas just played it differently than they had all day. Yeah. K State was lined up in a different formation. Texas calls timeout. K State comes out in a different formation, try and run a little rub route with Ben Sennett, mm-hmm. and then they cloud it. They go zone. Yeah. I, I, again, it was just it, just an
1: amazing college football game. Yeah. And, and a lot of you know, and like I said, hats off to Texas. They won the game. Um. You know, it's one of those games where I really can't complain about either side of the ball that late in the game. Going back to the to the decision to go for it, I will tell you. As a former player, and as, as a K-State fan, and a K-State supporter, I was so pumped when they decided to go for it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I made my mind up. If we get it, great. If we don't, I don't care. But I love the fact that Coach Klyman said, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to go win the game. And we lost, obviously, that's fine. But that put so much more confidence. I had confidence in the Cats anyway. Mm-hmm. But that, I was, like I said, I was at home, I watched the game, uh, if people around me that thought I was crazy, but I was so pumped to see them go for it. Mm-hmm. And yet it didn't happen, but I'm, I'm glad they did. The play call was a good play call, like you said. And, 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 and giving Texas credit, they rolled the dice. And, and they played it differently and said, hey, this is what they've done. This is what film says. Let's take a chance. And I think Texas was okay with taking a chance on it because either way, it was a good game. If Texas have lost, so be it. They called the right play. Congrats to Texas, and we move on. But the way K-State went forward, I love that.
0: It, it is. It was an amazing college football game, one of the best games I've been to um, in a long time. But now, time to clear the slate. Yep. K-State has to move on. Texas moves on. People will remember that game for a long time. Now, time to focus and talk about Kansas State versus Baylor. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. And with it being a home game on Saturday, make sure you stop in to Booth Creek and get some burgers, get some steaks, get whatever you want. If you come into town on Friday, go in on Friday, get what you want. You can then... Tailgate at the game, and last time I said, you know, leave a comment in the YouTube section if you want to invite Monty and I to your tailgate. Nobody left a comment. But it's all right. You know what? Just watch the video, like, <laughs> subscribe. That'll work. But if you want to grill some steaks, some hamburgers, please let us know. We'll, we'll definitely make an appearance. Um, let's talk about this game versus the Bears. Baylor is just not very good right now. And if you watched any of the game with Baylor and Houston, I think any K State fan and really K State players in general, when they watch that film, were probably licking their lips. Because Baylor is struggling right now. They lost to Houston in overtime at home. And there is a lot of things that are going on around that program right now. They're two years removed from a Big 12 championship, yep. and yet there are talks about maybe firing Dave Aranda at the end of the season. That is mind-boggling to me. Baylor comes into the game 3-6, and 2-4 two, two in the conference, with losses to Texas State and Utah in the non-conference. They have been blown out in all their other losses. It's been a rough season for Baylor.
1: It has. And, you know, um... I normally don't have sympathy for any Big 12 teams and I don't have any sympathy for Baylor. Um, no, honestly, it's one of those things where um, I try to look at positives from losses and it's, I guess a positive from that Texas loss, we're not overlooking Baylor. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't think if we would have won, we wouldn't overlook them, but even more so, we definitely won't overlook them. There's a lot to be um, excited about for this game. For one, you talked about the the Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. Saturday, the weather's predicted to be like in the mid-60s. Mm. For, for Kansas, in the second week of November, that's that's gold. I can't yeah. I can't imagine that, but I'm excited about that. But we get to have our boys back home, and we get that taste of that Texas loss out of our mouth. And why not Baylor? Yeah. Why not Baylor? So I'm excited for that, and I think our boys will put it on a show. The
0: screaming's is like just the definition of a bounce back game. Yeah.
1: Yes. KU looms in the distance, and that could be a massive
0: game with Big 12 title implications on the line. But this does not strike me as a team to overlook anybody. Chris Kleiman has done a great job the last two years of keeping this team focused. I expect a dominant performance from K-State. We'll obviously get into our picks at the end of the show. Um, I want to get into Baylor a little bit. I know I talked about their losses There are two wins have come on the road in the Big 12. So, I mean, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. They're not afraid of playing on the road. Maybe that's just because the home field advantage isn't really there for Baylor. Um, That's a story for another day. But they did beat Cincinnati, who is probably, well, not probably, the worst team in the conference. Um, And then they did have a massive comeback against UCF. Uh, They were down by three scores. They came back and won the game. That started five straight losses for UCF. UCF bounced back. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, But those are their two wins. And, you know, I guess if you're a Baylor fan and you're looking at this game, you're saying we got nothing to lose. They're still playing for bowl eligibility. They got to win out. But, I mean, they've played well on the road.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that scares me about Baylor a little bit. You said they play well on the road. And honestly, they're in a position where, like, what do we got to lose? Mm -hmm. Nobody expects them to win. And honestly, I know as as their coaches may say, and and most coaches do, in the locker room, nobody gives them a chance except for them. Mm -hmm. And that right there is enough to get my attention. Mm -hmm. Baylor still has some dynamic athletes. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. They haven't put it together like they have in the past, but they still have some dynamic athletes. Now, do I think that will be K-State? No, but we can't take them lightly, and we need to come ready to play an athletic scene. But I think this would be a fun game for K-State to bounce back, like you said, and to get back on the right track.
0: Uh, let's talk about Baylor's offense a little bit. And you look at the quarterback position, and it's Blake Shapen. And if that name rings the bell, it's because he was a starting quarterback when he came in. Well, he was a backup quarterback, I should say, yes. two years ago when they came into Manhattan. Gary Bohannon gets hurt. Blake Chapin comes in, a guy who was formerly committed to play baseball at LSU, decides to play football, comes to Baylor, and he lights it up. Baylor was number 10 in the country. They beat K-State. And I think at that moment in time, the future for the Bears was in great hands with Blake Shapin. He was a running quarterback then. Yes. Chris Kleiman said at a press conference on Tuesday, I like him because he's able to run the ball. Well, you go look at the statistics, and maybe this is more of a reflection of the offensive line, but he actually has negative yards rushing on the season. I don't think he's running as much, and also the offensive line just doesn't do him any favors. So that aspect of his game that K-State fans saw his freshman year has pretty much gone away.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where that aspect has gone away, for one, because as a freshman, and you're aware of this, you— play a lot more free because you are a freshman. And if you make mistakes, the coach won't get on you mm-hmm. as hard as they normally would for upperclassmen. And, and you play looser, so you, you take more risk. But as you become a sophomore, junior, and senior, you understand what's at hand. And his old line is not the same. And like you said, he has negative yards, and it's not because um, he's running – because of play design, I think it's more so he's running for his life right. because the O line is not as good as it used to be mm-hmm. and he has to get out of the pocket to try to get the ball out or to protect himself. So I'll be curious to see how they do against K-State defensive line this week.
0: Yeah, and as far as playmakers go, Monterey Baldwin is the leading receiver. Yeah. Um, For the Bears, he's got a lot of catches, a lot of yards for them. In the red zone, Drake Dadney, the tight end, is actually the leading touchdown getter for them. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a guy that K-State's going to have to watch in the red zone Um, if they get into the red zone right. is definitely the tight end position. Uh, the, however, the offense has only scored 30 points two times. Yeah. Um, They've won both of those games that they scored 30 points, but they've only scored 30 points two times. So that's the number for K-State. If you hold Baylor under 30 points, you got a chance to win.
1: Yeah, and I think K-State's... Uh, defensive run game, Um, defensive run, run defense would do a really good job. And also, Baylor always has one great receiver, no matter Mm -hmm. how good they are or how bad they are. Years past, they've always had one good receiver. I think this year holds true as well. But also, K-State's defense as a whole, we, we were tested last week and I don't think Baylor presents any threats this week that we didn't see last week mm-hmm. or the previous weeks. So we should be okay. And I think K-State should handily hold Baylor under 30 points.
0: And I think the game plan on defense is get in the grill of shape. Yes. Put pressure on the quarterback and see if he can make mistakes. He hasn't thrown many interceptions. I think that's because he's taken a lot of sacks. Yeah. Um, if they can get three, four, maybe even more sacks than that, mm-hmm. they're going to be fine. I think this K-State team is going disg- to disguise some blitzes. You know why You don't even have to have anything to hold back anymore. Right. Send the house, and if he beats you, he beats you. Have yeah, faith your offense is going to be able to score. But I think this is a... Big week for K-State. I think we see some turnovers from this defense.
1: I agree. And I like the fact that you said put pressure on him, make him uncomfortable. Because I remember two years ago, uh, he was a very cocky and arrogant mm-hmm. player. And, and he had a reason to be because he came in and he, he uh, continued to uh, produce on the field. And they, they went as they would and they won the game. But I think you hit this guy early and take that confidence away. Because if you allow him to get any success, that confidence comes back and he could be problems. I said they win the game, But I don't want to keep it close. But, yes, put pressure on him, um, throw some different blitzes out there, zone blitzes, some twists up front, and make him uncomfortable and don't give him time in the pocket.
0: And on the defensive side, Baylor, the three-man front, much like K-State has seen, Um, nothing too special on the defensive side. On the offensive side, we talked about they've only scored 30 points twice. On the defensive side, they've given up 30 points six times. Mm -hmm. Six of their nine games, they've given up 30 points or more. When you compare that to K-State, they've scored 30 points seven times. So there's only two times they haven't scored 30 points. Right. I don't know. I'm not, I, I actually gave up sports betting. So you should be happy about that. everyone. <laughs> but if you're a betting person, I don't know what the total is going to be for K state. Um, they're going to score more than 30 points. Right. And if they score more than 30 points, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, this Baylor defense has struggled specifically against the run. I'm going to read some stats here for you, Monty. Um, Taj Brooks from Texas tech, outstanding running back. He is good. 170 yards against the bears. Um, Kiner from Cincinnati, another great running back. 130 yards for the Bearcats. And for the Knights of UCF, uh, Richardson had six carries for 105 yards. He had a good day. There is a lot of yards to be had on the ground.
1: Yeah, and and even before you read those stats to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm hoping, I'm praying. K-State's mindset is to take their heart, impose our will on them through the run game. I want to see DJ have a 100-yard game. I like to see Ward have a 100-yard game. I don't care if it's Will. I don't care if it's Avery, one of our quarterbacks, to have uh, uh, over 50 yards rushing if possible. We need to dominate on the run game and basically make Baylor uh, submit and lay down through the run game. And if we throw the ball around, great. It is what it is. But I want to say O-line getting downhill, dominating. They're running three-man front, getting to the next level forcing the linebackers to make tackles, forcing the safeties to make tackles. And if we can have that type of game, it should be a good day for K-State.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you have a three-man front against a team that is very good at rushing the football, Mm -hmm. take last week out of the mix, very good at rushing the football, you're going to have to find a way to A, B, gap sound, but you might have to find a way to maybe bring some guys, bring some run blitzes. The problem with doing that is if you get blocked, there's some big runs to be had. and I think K-State's going to have multiple... Big runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I firmly believe this this offense is gonna run for over two hundred yards.
1: Yeah, and I think K State will implement the two tight end sets, mm-hmm. uh, have an H back as well against the three man front, and that forces uh, Baylor to make adjustments. You gotta walk a linebacker up, uh head up to tight end in the sixth, or, or even somebody outside in the go seven in that case. And like you said, if you get creased, all it takes is one crease and the guy's out the gate. You know what I mean? And even if it doesn't score, it's 20 yards, 25 yards down the field. So I'm curious to see how Baylor adjusts to that. And I think K-State will go to a um, um, uh, a 2 tight in front or H-back and basically tell Baylor, try to stop us.
0: You think we see some more Avery Johnson
1: in this game because of those tendencies? I, I would say yes, and because I feel like Avery needs some more reps mm-hmm. and because this is a great game to get him more reps also and to put more film out there to have other teams i.e. Kansas mm-hmm. and Iowa State uh, to prepare for in the future. And I think Avery also needs more work in general as a quarterback, not just running, but just as a quarterback as a whole.
0: I think if you get up on them early, yeah. this is the perfect time. Hey, Will – by the way, everyone, Will Howard, three touchdown passes away from being the all-time leading touchdown passer in K-State history. It's
1: impressive.
0: I actually think he gets it this game.
1: Now, is it Josh Freeman? Josh Freeman. Okay, correct. gotcha. He would pass I, Josh Freeman. I would not be mad if he got it this week. Yes, I think <laughs> at all.
0: it'd be a great opportunity for Will to celebrate with the fans at home. He's put in so much work. I think it happens on Saturday. And then I can also see Avery Johnson coming in the middle of the third quarter right. and taking over for Will. Hopefully he gets a standing ovation. And, you know, it's just a great moment yeah. for Will, obviously. Obviously, he still has one more home game left. Um, but, yeah, this K-State offense has an opportunity to put up a lot of points.
1: I, I like the way you think. And, and we come off a road game, uh, a battle. And, you know, whenever you lose, you're kind of down on yourself to a certain extent. But I feel like K-State, even though we did lose, we we, we lost with dignity. Mm-hmm. And we came, came out the loss knowing that we could have won it. We probably should have won it. And now going into this week, you know what, forget about it. Uh, you flush it, move forward, and we're about to dominate Baylor. And that's the attitude I think our guys have.
0: Yep, and before we get into the picks, I want to talk a little bit about the Big 12 title race. And you and I were talking about this before the show, but right. you know, there's a notion that I think K-State is completely eliminated. That's not That's not true. Um, there are still a lot of things that can happen in this conference. Uh, K-State does have the tiebreaker over West Virginia. Um, do they need help? Yeah, for sure. They need a lot of help. But with how crazy this conference has been, K-State still has a lot in front of them. Even if they don't make the conference championship, they still have a chance to win 10 games if they win out the rest of the season and win their bowl game. That is a lot to play for. I don't know the last time, off the top of my head, K-State's won 10 games in consecutive seasons. They won 10 games last year, obviously. Um, But there's a lot still ahead for this program.
1: It is. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking how far we've came as a fan base because... It used to be if you win nine games or if we're both eligible, mm-hmm. right, hey, it was success. Now I think most people agree with me. If we're not making a Big 12 championship, it's kind of a loss. Mm-hmm. And that's the attitude we have. And I love the fact that our fan base has that attitude because that's the expectation we have from Coach climbing and the staff because we know we can do it. And we th- talk about being back-to-back Big 12 champions. So that makes me happy that know that our fans aren't just happy with winning six and seven games or even nine games. And I feel like, yeah, it's still doable, but like we say, let's take it one game at a time, but it's always fun to think about the what ifs. So, you know, it's one of those things we need Oklahoma State to lose. <laughs> we need Kansas to potentially lose. And we and we play Kansas, so we beat them head to head, it doesn't matter. But it's always fun to watch other games and pull for other teams, knowing, hey, this team can help us out. By beating this team, mm-hmm. so it makes it fun.
0: And I actually think it's going to come down to the last week. I'm not, not going to sit here and say K-State's going to make the Big 12 championship, but I just have this strange feeling that K-State's going to take care of business, and they're going to need somebody else. It's going to come down to one game that they need to get in. Um, you know, obviously, like we said, a lot has to happen, but uh, still very much attainable for this program. Chris Kleiman said, talked about the losses, 61-yard field goal. Right. They lost to a pretty good Oklahoma State team. Obviously, yeah. they still had a chance to tie it on the last drive, and then obviously lose. They had four yards to go against a top five Texas team. Program's in great shape. Um, Let's talk about score predictions, MVPs for the game. Monty, I will let you go first.
1: Huh. I am going 45 to 10. MVP is DJ Giddin. Uh, We get the running game going again. Uh, Last week, DJ didn't get a lot of touches. Um, I know he's a battler, he's a warrior, he's one of those guys. Who's quiet, but he likes to dominate and have a good time. He's a team guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I guarantee he's telling the coaches feed me the ball.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to predict a blowout as well. I, I've been kind of going back and forth on this. The line set at 20 and a half. Um, K State, you go back and look at their last few home games. They've doubled that. Yeah. And Baylor's probably the worst team. They, they aren't probably. They are the worst the record, team. Yeah. Um, record, Record-wise, I think K State wins this game. You said 45 to 10. Yes. I'm going to go 42 to 13. I like it. Um, right along those same lines, I. I kind of see since a late touchdown coming for for Baylor, um, MVP, I'm with you with DJ Giddens. I wish I could say somebody else, and you know, every week I try and switch it up. I think DJ Giddens on offense, and I'm going to name a defensive MVP. Jake Clifton is somebody who stepped in at the mic and done a lot. Um, I think him and DJ Giddens. Jake Clifton, DJ Giddens will be 1A, 1B as far as MVP like goes, it. but you know, it's going to be a great game.
1: Yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because our, our linebackers, is feel like every other week or every two weeks a new face or a new name pops up and kind of does something like man that kid can play and the thing I love about that is we don't I love our seniors don't get me wrong but we we got a youth movement Mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball and it's kind of hard not to get excited and I'm not trying to look past this year but looking in the future I'm excited about our team as a whole man
0: there's going to be a lot of young guys that get in Chris Kleiman said red shirts they're off the table now the guys that played one game can play the rest of the season so hopefully K-State gets able to put a lot of those young guys into the game on saturday if you're going to the game on saturday have a great time if not two o'clock on espn plus enjoy the game at the bill or wherever you may be we'll talk to you next friday